bid you a good morning on Friday, June the 18th. It's a We Tackle Life podcast heading into the weekend, U.S. Open weekend. We'll talk about the first round of the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Justin Fields, the Bears have a plan for him at quarterback. It might not be what you want as an Ohio State fan. A weird triple play in baseball. And the Ohio High School football playoffs returning to, I think, the perfect venue. I'm surprised. They're going to be playing where they are, but we will get to all of it after I remind you that Hemisphere Coffee Roasters remains the official coffee of the We Tackle Life podcast. I was talking with a friend today, and I said, this is a person I had dropped off some Hemisphere to, I don't know, six months, maybe a year ago. I said, hey, you know, the next time I'm out at Hemisphere, if you want me to, I'll pick up some coffee for you. He said, oh, we order like four pounds of it. Every couple weeks, he says, my kids go through it like it's going out of style. So there you go. That's what I'm talking about here on the podcast. If you've tried Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee, this personal uh, situation, their favorites are Java Blues and Jamaica Me Crazy. But you know, Mr. Spielman loved the Hunter's Blend, the House Blend, pretty much everything. But I don't think Java Blues was his favorite. So You know, like the old life commercial. Try it, you'll like it. My guess is you'll love Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee, and you'll love getting 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. And all you Spielman and Hootley listeners who are repeat customers, I know Paul and Grace and Andy and everybody at Hemisphere appreciates that very much, as do I, because I'm sure they wouldn't stick with the podcast if they weren't getting your business. So you do help me when you order from them, and you get great coffee sourced sourced directly from growers around the world. Helping people do great things in their communities, Thailand, Indonesia, Nicaragua, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Again, that promo code, we tackle life in all caps to get 15% off. All right, Ohio High School football playoffs. Last year, we're supposed to be at Fortress Obets, uh, the lacrosse stadium in Obets. Right before, and I mean right before, like Wednesday, the mayor of Columbus, Andrew Ginther, and the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, shut everything down in Franklin County. And so the teams were stuck. And Nate Moore, the head coach at Maslin, Washington, Chris Spielman Academy, <laughs> volunteered uh, his high school stadium, which if you've never been, like you got to go to Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. It's crazy. I remember talking to Spiels about it after. Like, that's the coolest place I've ever been. They have an actual indoor facility. And I mean, it's like Ohio State's crazy Message boards, mega mega stadium, awesome. I thought it was great. I thought they found a home. This is the perfect venue, perfect size. They limited the crowd, but they can put 10,000 people in there. Perfect place for it. Because I did not think the OHSAA's finances were such that they could afford what the Pro Football Hall of Fame would charge for Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, home of the Hall of Fame game, right there on the grounds of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That stadium is phenomenal for high school football, but I thought there's just no way. The OHSAA is strapped for cash. They're not going to pay the big rental fee. They keep stressing that they're looking for affordable venues. Tom Benson Stadium is just going to be out of their budget, but it turns out it's not. And I don't know if that's because the Hall of Fame cut them a deal. The Hall of Fame will put a ton of people through the Hall of Fame that weekend. Maybe they looked at it as a service to the state of Ohio and to the fact that the Pro Football Hall of Fame looking to kind of give back to the game. They take all the teams through the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is a nice touch. Stark County does 
the state championship for football so well, the OHSAA should never look anywhere else ever again. And I know you love Columbus and you want it in Ohio Stadium because you want the recruiting advantage. Trust me, when they take those kids on a recruiting trip to a full Ohio Stadium for a Big Ten game or a great intersectional game, you don't miss anything by not having them play in the stadium for their state championship game with at most 20,000 people there, and it looks empty. It looks like a morgue. It feels like a morgue. So for the sake of the kids, let's do it for the kids, for the sake of the kids, for the sake of the communities, for the sake of everyone involved, leave it in Stark County. I'm glad Ohio State kind of turns a cold shoulder to it. They don't want to mess with it, and Stark County loves it, and they have two venues where they could play it, and it's going to be at Hall of Fame Stadium, and I'm thrilled. So congratulations to Doug Ute, the OHSAA, and all the teams that will be playing there this fall. Hall of Fame Stadium, I can't wait. It'll be my first trip there to the stadium, not to the Hall of Fame, but to the stadium. It'll be my first trip there. Okay, goofy triple play tonight before we get to the golf. Goofy triple play, not tonight, but last night in Major League Baseball. It's just your routine one three six two five six triple play. Toronto Blue Jays, abysmal base running. Chopper back to the pitcher with guys on second and third. Pitcher throws to first. There's one out. First baseman throws to second base to the shortstop who traps a runner who was on second, now between second and third. Runner on third gets trapped between home and third. Shortstop throws to the catcher. Catcher throws back to the third baseman who runs down the runner between third and home, out number two. Now, the shortstop has continued to run to third base, takes the throw from the catcher, and puts it on the runner who was on second. Out number three, triple play New York Yankees. one three six two five six. We don't talk much baseball on the podcast, but a one three six two five six triple play is worth mentioning. So is my... Uh, So are my good friends at auiinfo.com. They are worth mentioning. Are they ever? They'll help you stay in business. They'll help your business grow. They'll help you you attract great employees. They'll help you keep great employees. Benefits play a big role in that. And AUI Info specializes in putting together benefits packages, getting you more for your money. If you haven't looked at your benefits in, I don't know, two years, you're probably paying way too much and not getting enough. Have your copay checked. Have your doctors checked. Have your hospitals checked. Have your benefits checked. And individuals, auiinfo.com will help you too. No one that I'm talking to right now who goes to auiinfo.com and types their questions into the chat pays them a red cent, ever. They are paid as someone who finds customers for the insurance companies. And if you're a business owner, small business, two, two people, up to 50 people, AUI offers a dedicated HR specialist for free. Everything they do is free to you because they are compensated by the insurance company. So use them. AUIinfo.com. Tell Chrissy that you heard about them on the We Tackle Life podcast. All right. The Chicago Bears. The Bears have a plan for Justin Fields at quarterback. And I like the plan. I know Ohio State fans aren't going to like the plan. But the plan is a good plan. The plan is the plan that every NFL team used for years and years and years and years and years before we somehow got to the point where quarterbacks were supposed to play right away. 
depending on where you pick them. And Justin Fields being picked 11th would fall into that category of, well, you got to play him. But the Bears have, and I've said this before, and so I'll say it again because you might have missed it the first time, the perfect quarterback room to develop Justin Fields. If Justin Fields does not develop and become a really good quarterback for the Chicago Bears, it will be either because he gets injured and is unable to become one, it will be because the pressure of delivering on where he was picked will get in his head and he won't be able to handle it, or it will be because he just wasn't good enough and couldn't grasp it. It will not be because he's rushed into the lineup, and it will not be because he did not get mentored by two guys who are really good NFL quarterbacks, and more importantly for this discussion, really, really good guys. I'm talking about Andy Dalton, who will start, and Nick Foles, who is the world's best backup quarterback. You put Nick Foles in, he's amazing. You start Nick Foles, he's eh. But Nick Foles and Andy Dalton are both fantastic people. It is not a coincidence. They are both sold-out, solid Christians. And as Christians, I believe both Andy Dalton and Nick Foles view it as the right thing to do to help their fellow band. So they are not jealous of Justin Fields. They understand the way NFL football works, that you draft guys to take your job, and they understand that Justin Fields comes in with a lot of hype and that he will eventually get a chance, whether he earns it or not. That's how number one picks work. They get a chance, whether they are train wrecks and don't apply themselves, and I don't think any of that will apply to Justin Fields. But he could have ended up with a modern-day backup-slash-mentor like, and you know Browns fans know where I'm going with this one, right? Seneca Wallace. Seneca Wallace, who Mike Holmgren loved and who openly said, it's not my job to help Colt McCoy. No, actually, it is your job to help Colt McCoy. You're the backup. You're the backup to Jake Delhomme. It is your job to help Colt McCoy because they drafted Colt McCoy to take your job, Seneca Wallace. You're not the starter. And he said it. I'm not going to help him. Why would I help him? Because, to refresh your memory, it's your job. Seneca Wallace said it, meant it, and we'll never know if Colt McCoy would have been a great quarterback. I doubt it. But that's not what you say as a backup quarterback. Andy Dalton, conversely, says, you know, well, he's actually not quoted in the story that I saw today. Justin Fields was quoted, but Fields goes, hey, he helps me out all the time. He stays out when I'm stays out late after practice when I'm throwing to watch what I'm doing and tell me if I'm doing anything wrong, and he's been fantastic. So Andy Dalton is going to be the Bears starter. We'll see how long Matt Nagy has the courage of his convictions to hold off the Wolves because the Bears fans will be screaming for Justin Fields if they lose the opener. I would not start Justin Fields before, mm, I don't know, week 10 maybe. Because I just think a kid can really learn by sitting. Ideally, I wouldn't start him this year. I really wouldn't. I think it could help Carson Palmer sitting a year behind John Kitna. I think it um, absolutely 
crushed a number of quarterbacks. I think Mark Sanchez would have been a pretty decent NFL quarterback. Not great, but I think he would have been a decent NFL quarterback. He got to the AFC Championship game twice. It's not like he was a train wreck. But people view Mark Sanchez as a terrible quarterback, which is not fair to Mark Sanchez. But he jumped right in before he was ready. Fields started two years at Ohio State. That'll help him. He had a great coach in Ryan Day, a quarterback coach. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't say with certainty that I'm 1,000% sold on Justin Fields being a great NFL quarterback. I would have told you that I was more sold on Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I would have. And I still think uh, Dwayne Haskins might be a good NFL quarterback. But Justin Fields will not start right away. Andy Dalton will. And if Justin Fields keeps a really good attitude, he's going to learn a lot, a lot from Andy Dalton and from Nick Foles. Okay. Uh, my friends at Willis Spangler Starling, I hope become your friends. If you need an attorney, you need a friend. You need more than a friend, though. You need somebody who really knows the law, somebody who can explain it, somebody who will be patient, somebody who will prioritize your case. You get all that and much, much more at Willis Spangler Starling. Listen, if you've got a workers' compensation claim, a social security disability issue, you say, ah, I don't want to hire an attorney because ah, it costs me a ton of money. Here's the deal. The amount of money you pay an attorney in a social security disability case or a workers' comp case is stipulated by the law. They are going to get you, well, I'll just put it this way. You're silly if you go into a workers' comp hearing and you don't have an attorney represent you. And I would tell you you're absolutely out of your mind if you don't have Willis Spangler Starling represent you because that's their specialty along with a lot of other biggies that you know, take a chunk out of the pie chart of most popular kinds of legal cases, personal injury, wills, estate planning, all those things. But workers' comp, man, they are all over that. They crush it. And they're not going to charge you any more than anyone else. And no one else is going to charge you any less than Willis Spangler starting. So why don't you get the best and go to willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Okay. U.S. Open first round, Torrey Pines in San Diego. Uh, they play a tour stop there. And so a lot of guys have won there. And obviously the story going in is Phil Mickelson. He's from San Diego. He lives just down the road. His mom and dad were there today. He won the PGA. He could win this tournament, which he has won several times on the PGA Tour. And so if you're going to win a U.S. Open for the first time in your career at age 51, after becoming the oldest guy ever to win a major at age 50, yes, Phil's had a birthday since he won the PGA, well, this would be the venue, right? Mm. Not so much in the first round. Phil, he didn't look like he was dialed in mentally today. He shot four over. It doesn't take him out of the tournament, and it doesn't mean he's going to miss the cut. But he just see let people's cell phones get to him, and he just, eh, he just he was walking faster, chomping on his gum. He didn't keep his cool. So I'm hopeful that Phil will play well on Friday. Uh, at least he finished early, and he didn't have to play in the dark like most of the guys. They just finished. Like, at, like, I don't know, like 11.20 Eastern time last night? Crazy. Uh, it was dark, man, when Rory putted out. Uh, and DJ got out of the bunker. And Lee, oh, not, not Lee, uh, Justin Rose. What happened to Justin Rose? He's won at Torrey Pines before. He's top 10 in both the PGA and the Masters. Like, Justin Rose is a solid pick. He's seven over. Wow, I didn't see that coming. Uh, Pre-tournament favorite John Rahm, 
Memorial Tournament champion. You heard me, Memorial Tournament champion. <laughs> I've given him that because that was so stupid, making John Rahm not play the last round of the Memorial. Minus two for uh, Rahm in the first round. Patrick Reed, dark horse. He's won at Torrey Pines. He's plus one. And Xander Shoffley. And I pick Xander Shoffley to win every major because Xander Shoffley's going to win a major. And <laughs> eventually I got to be right. So I'm picking Xander Shoffley. And I think Xander was two under. So uh, not, not too uh, noteworthy. I mean, can you be surprised Brooks Kepka's up there? Russell Henley feels like a U.S. Open champion, doesn't he? He feels like a modern-day Andy North, two-time U.S. Open champion. Russell Henley's a nice player. He's just, you know, it's not somebody that anybody would pick other than Russell Henley's wife or mom and dad. He's the leader at uh, minus four. And Louis Oosthuizen, I'd be happy if Louis won one. Louis Oosthuizen is a way better player than a just-one-major kind of a player. And he won the British a few years ago. Something about those South Africans, man. Louis Oosthuizen and Ernie Els. Those are some smooth golf swings, brother. So I love watching Louis Oosthuizen play golf. So we shall see what uh, transpires in round two on, uh, well, for today. And we will see uh, what transpires on the weekend at Torrey Pines and the U.S. Open. Okay, I mentioned Rom and COVID. And the NFL has what I think are ridiculous COVID protocols. And I'm not the only one who thinks this. And this is going to be interesting to see what the college protocols are this fall. Here is the discussion that no one is apparently even open to having on COVID. Could we get a scientific study? I've seen one. But why do we not have reporters stink at their jobs? How is no one asking, what is the immunity for people who had COVID and recovered and do not want to get vaccinated? That seems like a reasonable number because that includes millions and millions of people. I know you get vaccinated, you're bulletproof, I get it, you're 95%, 80%, whatever, depending on which vaccine you get, how many times they jab you. But if you had COVID and recovered, your body did what the messenger RNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, tell your body to do, which is your body made natural antibodies and fought off COVID. And the study that I saw a medical study, not from Jim's medical department, an actual medical study from, I think it was Washington University in St. Louis, said that their testing shows that people's natural antibodies last forever and vaccinated antibodies, people with vaccines, may last only as little as a month. They've never said how long the vaccines keep you immune. And there's this thought out there that, oh, I get vaccinated. I'm I'm good for a year or whatever. You don't know that. And I don't think anybody knows that. So um, the reason I bring this up is because Buffalo Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley is obviously a guy who does not want to get vaccinated. And the NFL 
through its Players Association, which has always been the worst, um, the weakest union, the Players Association has allowed, without a vote, without a vote, by the way, <laughs> made a deal with the league that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to get tested every day. You don't have to wear a mask at the team's facility or while traveling with the team if you're vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, you have no travel restrictions. You have carte blanche. You can use the sauna. You can use the steam room. You can use the weight room. There's 50 guys in there. Go ahead. You're vaccinated. And you can see your family while you're traveling. No problem. Now, as for the unclean, unvaccinated, they will be required to test for COVID every day. Up your nose with a big swab. And they must wear masks throughout the team facility and during travel. They will not be allowed to use the steam room or sauna. They are subject to weight room capacity limits, and they may not leave the team hotel to eat in restaurants or interact with anyone outside of the team traveling party during team travel. And here's the biggie. If you're unvaccinated and they contact trace you to somebody who had COVID, you will be required to quarantine, and vaccinated players will not. So Cole Beasley is not happy about this, and I don't blame him. He says, what are we talking about? Gives them, they gave the NFL the freedom to make the most money possible if everyone is vaccinated. But will anyone fight for the players or not? So... Mike Zimmer of the Vikings said it's basically going to be, you know, miserable for players who are unvaccinated and they're strong arming them into getting vaccinated, which you can be vaccinated, be asymptomatic and be a spreader of COVID. <laughs> so to act like guys who are vaccinated can be around the unvaccinated and give them COVID, and it's not the fault of the vaccinated, is a little weird to me. What's more weird is that we just seem to consider COVID our pit bull chew toy. We have it in our teeth, and we're not going to let it go. We're going to hang on to it as long as we can. So I admire you know, a guy like Cole Beasley if he has the courage of his convictions to stick with his natural antibodies because, honestly, that's how I feel. I was told not to get vaccinated by my doctor, okay? Say, why didn't you get vaccinated? Because I had a physical right about the time the vaccine started to come out. I wasn't in a high-risk group. I'm not obese. I'm not, you know, I don't have any breathing issues. And everybody wanted a vaccine, right? And so I got my physical in February, and I told my doctor, I said, I guarantee you I had COVID in December. I got over it. I bet I have the antibodies. Oh, 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 oh. oh nobody. Everybody thinks they have the antibodies. Oh, oh, oh. He called me a day or two later. Hey, guess what? You have the antibodies. I'm like, I told you. He's like, yeah, we tested your blood. You have the antibodies. I said, okay, so what should I do about a vaccine? He said, don't get one for six months. Now, it's not been six months yet, so I haven't gotten one. And by the time I would think about getting one, August... I think everybody's pretty much going to be vaccinated or have herd immunity. So what's the point? So that's kind of why I can understand where Cole Beasley's coming from. Maybe he's had COVID and recovered. Maybe he doesn't think he's going to get it. 
Maybe he doesn't think it's a big deal if he gets it. But, man, you talk about restricting your freedoms. NFL is clamping down. And what are, they, what are the Bills going to do if Josh Allen is around somebody who's got COVID? You tell me they're going to sit Josh Allen? Probably would. That's probably how stupid they are. So, anyway, John Rahm lost a $1.6 million in a Memorial Tournament championship because we just can't let go of COVID-19. No, we cannot. Okay. Now, as we transition into the faith portion of the podcast, I did not know about this little incident when it happened, but I read about it today, and it had to be super, super scary when Tampa Bay Rays farmhand Tyler Zombro took a baseball right in the face in a minor league game because I'm looking at a picture of Mr. Zombro here, and he has no hair on the right side of his head, and he has a horseshoe, a J-shaped scar that goes from like the middle of his head right at his hairline all the way to the back of his head, then down the side to the top of his ear, and then around the perimeter of his ear to like the top of the sideburn. That is a lot of staples and a big-time serious brain surgery. So we're glad that Tyler Zombro is doing well. And what caught my eye was a tweet from T underscore Zombro 24. And he says, Unbelievably grateful to be in the situation I'm currently in with the incredible help from Duke Hospital and staff. To all of you that have showered my family and I with positive thoughts, I have no doubt that all of the prayer support kept God with me throughout that night. So I thought that was an interesting tweet. I like that he gave credit to God or acknowledged God. But I find his tweet fodder for a bit of a conversation on prayer and the presence of God in our life and in times of trouble like that. Now, I don't pretend or purport to know exactly how God operates. I speak in generalities uh, because of things I've experienced or because of things that the Scripture tells us about God's presence in our life. First of all, what do we know about God's presence with us? Well, we know that if we are people who have placed our trust in the sufficiency of Christ's sacrifice at the cross, Christ's death at the cross, as atonement, payment for all the sins we've ever committed, thought about committing, or will commit, if we trust in Jesus paying that debt with his death on the cross, then we know that we receive the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. It indwells us, and Jesus talked about this when he talked to the disciples after he rose from the dead. He said, I'm going to go away. I'm going to ascend to heaven, was what he meant. And he said, I'm going to send, and he referred to the Holy Spirit by several names. He referred to it once uh, a time or two as the Spirit of Truth, the Counselor, the Comforter, assorted ways. I have said before, if you want to put it in our parlance today, the Holy Spirit is like your spiritual GPS, right? It's like your, a lot of people refer to it as your conscience, but it's really not your conscience. Like, 
evil people who've never accepted Christ, who don't have the Holy Spirit in them, I mean, even they have a conscience, right? I mean, hopefully they wouldn't, like, walk over and kick a kid in the face if they saw a kid walking, you know, up next to him at the zoo or something. That's conscience. The Holy Spirit is like God's Spirit in you that I think... um, activates a longing to get to know God better, to understand what God expects of you, to listen for God's prompting in your life. So uh, for, for Tyler Zombro to say, I have no doubt that all of the prayer support kept God with me throughout that night. Could that be true? Sure, that could be true. People who are, you know, uh, indwelled by the Holy Spirit could have prayed. Maybe Tyler Zombro uh, was part of a prayer chain, which if you don't know what a prayer chain is, it's a, a phone tree thing where you go, hey, my so-and-so had a catastrophic thing. Pray for so-and-so. And maybe that was why Tyler Zombro felt the presence of God. Maybe he's a Christian, and this was kind of an awkward way to state it. But um, prayer is the other thing I wanted to talk about. So God is with you if always if you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, which is the gift you get when you accept Jesus as your Savior. And prayer is, to me, um, amazing. I mean, a lot of people think that, you know, prayer is a wish list that you voice to God. And some people use it that way, and I've used it that way. And even in the case of, like, Tyler Zombro, the people who were offering Prayers for Tyler Zombro. That's a wish list item of sorts. And we're praying for Tyler that he gets better, that he doesn't die from getting hit in the head with a baseball. But prayer is more than that. Prayer is an opportunity to express your thanks to God for all the things he's done in your life, all the, the things that he's trying to accomplish in your life. It's your way to listen for his prompting. It's your way to ask for things that you know he wants. Like I pray in the morning, Lord, I'm sitting down with your holy word right now. I really want to feel close to you. I want to feel like I find in the Word today what you have for me to know. I want to find what I'm supposed to focus on as I go throughout my day. Prepare me for my day. Put your Spirit into me so that I can see others as you see them. Don't allow my natural bruceness to govern my day, my short temper, my impatience, my snarky attitudes— Don't allow all those things to dominate my responses today. Allow me to be a vessel for your goodness, your holiness, to emanate from me in all that I say and do and think. Uh, So that's, you know, part of prayer as well. Uh, Prayer is good for myriad reasons. One of the main reasons it's good is because when you Talk to God in prayer, you are taking a submissive position. You are acknowledging before the holy God of the universe that you're in charge of my life. I'm not in charge of my life. You're in charge of my life. Every good thing I have comes from you. And I'm acknowledging that I will be a much better disciple, a much better husband, a much better father, a much better coworker, a much better friend much better stranger. If I try to be Christ-like today, 
And I need you to help me do that because in my natural jerkness, I'll screw it up if I do it according to my instincts. So it's a submissive posture that we take in prayer. It's a thankful posture. I often sit in my chair in the morning and I'm like, Lord, I just can't believe. I was reflecting on my life today. And I had some really cool experiences in my life. For many years, I got to travel a lot on the company, on the plane dealer, and cover games and be in hotels and see America and all this kind of stuff. And I thought today, like, Lord, I had all that time in hotels. I had all that downtime on the road. And I sat there and watched TV. I could have been in your word. I could have been like learning more about you because you're so available to me now when I devote myself to finding out about you. And I wasted years and years of an opportunity to get to know you better. And so, yeah, it's an opportunity to voice your regret. You know, I know I'm forgiven of that, but I still am struck by how much time I wasted and what I missed out on. I mean, selfishly, I missed out on awesome communication and fellowship with God. And he probably was sitting there all those years going, I'm waiting to to bless you. I'm waiting to give you clarity. I'm waiting to show you what I want you to do with your life. And will you ever stop being a hard-headed doofus? Like, his patience was amazing. So I just think there's so many things we can accomplish in prayer. And the last thought that I'll leave you with is, um, if you don't, if none of that appeals to you, if you think, oh, I don't know how to be submissive and I don't even know what I'd say, like, well, it's not like God doesn't know what you're thinking. God knows what you're thinking. So ask him to help you. And the last thing that I would say is think of it this way. So many people have said to me over the years, when they meet me and they find out what I do, um, they're like, wow, you know, you've talked to so-and-so, you've talked to LeBron, you've talked to Michael Jordan, you've talked to Jack Nicholas, you've talked to Tiger, you've talked to Bobby Knight, you've talked to Jim Jackson, you know, you've talked to, gotta get my guy Jim in there, Chris Spielman, like you're friends with Chris Spielman. Yeah, I am. It's all, it's great. They're awesome. But I get to talk to the God of the universe anytime I want. And he's never too busy. He never says, no, I got to take BP. I can't talk to you now, like Barry Bonds. Or he never says, you know, no, I got to watch tape, you know, like a coach or a player. (laughs) And And those are legit reasons. You know, those are legit reasons they give. God never has to watch tape. God never has to take BP. God never has to get treatment. God never has to do any of that stuff. He's like, sure. Can't wait to talk to you, Bruce. That's awesome. Like, what do you, let's, let's, uh, what's that line in uh, Field of Dreams? Yeah, let's have a catch. <laughs> so, when you think of sports writers, you think, man, that's a cool job. As a radio guy, it's a cool job. You get to talk to Ryan Day. You get to talk to Chris Holtman. Well, yeah, I do. You get to talk to God. You get to talk to God. So will you? Are you? Because I guarantee you, if you don't know what to say, if you say, I, I, I don't know what I'd say, maybe you're just supposed to listen. Well, I guarantee you he's got something to say to you. I guarantee that. 
And with that, I will leave you to enjoy an awesome weekend. And I will look forward to talking to you on Monday. Thanks so much for your time. I'd love to hear from you on email. We tackle life at gmail.com. We tackle life at gmail.com. And I'd be honored if you'd leave me a review on iTunes. It'd be really nice if you left me a five-star review. Um, but uh, you do what you want to do because I will read them all and uh, I'll even read the bad ones. Probably read the bad ones maybe even on the podcast because they're funny. All right. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later.